What is up, everybody? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Touch Base with Rogers Base. It is Friday, August 4th, 2023, and this is my final episode of Touch Base before Rogers Base before I head on off to Japan for two weeks for Pokemon Worlds and for a bunch of other really cool stuff that I'm excited to talk about and maybe we'll be able to share on an episode of the show in the near future. But hello and welcome to everybody who's in chat already. We have a lot of stuff to go over. Nintendo just released their financials. I have a little bit of stuff that I can talk about in terms of what I've been playing recently, so that'll be kind of fun as well. Uh, we got to talk about the new Genshin news that dropped today. Evo speculation. Evo is going to be this weekend, so I sort of want to share my predictions for what I think we're going to see at Evo in terms of big announcements. And then also there's a lot of speculation going on uh, right now regarding a second Nintendo Switch. The Nintendo Switch 2 is what some people are calling it. Some people are calling it the Super Switch, but apparently that system is now officially in the works. Apparently it's been being manufactured. There's lots of rumors going around. And so I really do want to touch on some of those rumors and sort of share my predictions for what I somewhat expect from the Nintendo Switch 2. But hello everybody and welcome. And then of course, tomorrow evening, Gear 5 finally drops in the One Piece anime. So it's gonna be a good episode of One Piece tomorrow as well. I just, I have such a busy week ahead. I talked about this a little bit during my Genshin Impact stream earlier today. But basically I have Genshin this morning. I recorded an episode of Review Crew, which is like this new review show that I'm doing with Paul Gale. So we recorded that in the afternoon, then I'm recording this, then tomorrow we've got the Gear 5 episode of One Piece. Sunday we've got a new chapter of One Piece. Monday I've got, um, what's Monday? Is Monday the Pokemon Presents? Something else is happening on Monday. Something is happening Monday. But I, oh no, Pokemon Presents is Tuesday morning. So early Tuesday mornings, the Pokemon Presents. Monday, I have a different video going up. And then I leave for Japan. And then I'm gone for two weeks. It's just like, holy mackerel. One thing after another thing after another thing. And I guess I'll say right at the top of the show this week that there will not be an episode of Touch Base with Rogers Base next Friday. This is going to be my first break since I started doing the weekly podcast. There will not be a show next Friday. There will be a show when I am in Japan, not again this upcoming Friday, but the Friday after that because I'm planning on bringing my laptop and bringing my microphone and then maybe doing a live show from Japan and talking about what I've been doing in Japan and I just I think that would be a lot of fun and also it's pretty easy to work around because like 4 p.m. Uh, this time in California I think equates to 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. the next day in Japan so it'd be like 8 a.m. on Saturday which would be really easy because I don't think I have anything planned for Saturday mornings when I'm in Japan anyway so I think that'd be a lot of fun um, but yeah, I am absolutely planning on doing a Touch Base with Rogers base when I am there. And then by the next episode, I'll already be back in California. So really, it'll only be one episode missed. And I know there's going to be a lot of people who are upset, but it's not that big of a deal. I feel like, again, I'll be back and brighter than ever uh, the next time you see me for episode 10, by the way, our first double-digit episode when I'm in Japan. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. Additionally, I just thought of what the other thing is that's dropping on Monday. On Monday, I'm dropping a really big, really important update video. There's going to be a lot of stuff covered in this update video. And whether you watch me for One Piece, Nintendo, uh, solo leveling, uh, I'm trying to think of other things that I cover, Genshin Impact, and all my membership stuff. There's just, there's a lot that I have to go over and that I have to talk about that I could bring up on a touch base with Rogers base, but I also realize that not everybody 
watches the podcast. Uh, I know, obviously, you guys who tune in every single week, you guys watch it, or you listen on Spotify. Thank you again, by the way, to everyone who's following the show on Spotify. Every time I go to check the Spotify analytics, there's more followers and more people viewing the show, so I really genuinely appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, you know supporting the show. I know we're still, obviously, very early into it. I'm still going all over the place. I, don't, I still don't quite have everything set up the way I want to have it set up, but at least it's easy enough to switch between topics and, and talk to chat and hang out with all of you guys. But yeah, there's a lot of big, important updates coming to the YouTube channel and the way that I'm making content. And so that's all going to be laid out in an update video that's going to drop on Monday. So please look forward to that. And please, please, please watch that video. It's super important that you watch it because there's going to be a lot of things that you probably have questions about if you watch my content or are familiar with my content at all. And you probably want to know the answer to those will be answered on Monday during that update video. And again, there's something for everybody in that. So I highly, 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 highly recommend watching that video. And yes, because I see it being brought up in the chat, uh, One Piece live action does get brought up in that update video. I've already talked about it a bunch on Touch Base with Rogers Base. I'm not going to get into it here as to why I'm not doing reactions right now. Um, but again, just go watch that episode. I don't want to take up too much time on the show today talking about a video that you guys are going to watch in 48 hours. So it doesn't really matter anyway. Now, the first thing I want to bring up, because again, it's early on in the show and it's something I want to talk about, is what I've been playing. Because I haven't been really watching anything this week. This past week, I've been, like I said, very busy uploading stuff and streaming stuff and recording stuff and getting ready to go. But I have been playing a couple games. One, of course, I've been continuing to play Pokemon Sleep. Uh, I still really enjoy it. I don't really have much to report on that end other than uh, I still haven't run into a shiny and I've started getting into duplicates. And I actually just found out yesterday that apparently you can get more than one Pokemon per day if you have enough biscuits. I was not aware of that. I thought you could only get one. I thought the whole thing was that you spent your biscuits on the one that you want to be your friend, and then you could only have one join you. But I guess you can actually get more than one Pokemon join you during each sleep session, which is kind of cool. So now I'm actually giving biscuits to more than one Pokemon, and hopefully I'll have a more fleshed out Pokedex by the time I leave for Japan. So I've been doing that too. I've been playing a lot of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate recently. I've been trying to bump up my numbers in terms of Elite Smash. I feel like I already have, I think, a third of the roster unlocked on Elite Smash, but there's a lot of characters that I regularly play as, uh, Diddy Kong, Hero, Donkey Kong, uh, that I still haven't gotten into that Elite Smash tier. And honestly, I just, I haven't been playing Smash that much at all, but I think Sakurai's recent video talking about the future of the Smash Brothers franchise, and then the video that I uploaded last week where I was talking about my predictions for a Smash Brothers Ultimate Deluxe Edition just sort of got me in the mood to play some Smash Brothers. So that's what I've been doing. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And hopefully by the next time that I do a Touch Base with Rogers base, I'll be able to tell you guys exactly uh, how many characters I have in Elite Smash. And hopefully it'll be one or two more characters than I currently have into it now. Uh, second other thing that I've been playing, mainline thing that I've been playing, is Pikmin 4. I've been continuing to play Pikmin 4. I really wanted to finish that game on stream before I leave for Japan. I honestly do not think there's even a slight chance of that happening anymore. Um, with Evo coming up, and then the Japan time that we've got on Monday evening, and then the update video coming out on Monday, and then the streams tomorrow, and the streams on Sunday, I think there's just honestly too much stuff. There's not enough time of the day for me to do another Pikmin stream. Um, I really want to, though. I, I've been having a lot of fun with it and I really enjoyed streaming it on Twitch but I think I, it's not the kind of thing that I'm going to wait to play that's the kind of thing that I think if anything else I'm going to end up playing when I'm on the plane to Japan so 
I don't know if I'm going to beat the game by the next time that I talk about it or by the time I leave Japan or if I plan on streaming any more of it at all. Um, but if you want to see any of my Pikmin content, go check out if you remember my Pikmin 4 first stream that I did here on YouTube or go watch on Twitch because we have a bunch of Pikmin VODs. I think I did like two or three Pikmin 4 streams. I did one for Pikmin 2 and one for Pikmin 1 as well. I've just been in a Pikmin mood for the past like month and a half. So if you want Pikmin content, there's still plenty of that from me. Um, I just don't know how many more Pikmin 4 streams I'll actually be able to squeeze in before I leave for Japan. So again, appreciate you guys watching and asking about that content and hopefully I'll have more. But if not, I'm very sorry. I'm going to apologize in advance. <laughs> also, by the way, we just got two donations. One comes from Chris who said, Roger, first beer on me for your Japan trip. Have fun and take pictures with all the Godzilla stuff for me. Speaking of Smash Brothers though, with the new Switch rumors, will the future of Mario Kart get the Smash Brothers treatment? I'm glad you said that. I'm going to save that for later in the show. I have a very specific idea idea for what I think we're going to get from Mario Kart with the next uh, upcoming system. And so remind me of that if I don't get to it by the end of the show today. So thank you very much. Additionally, we got another donation. This one comes from Left Jab saying, Roger, you single-handedly got me into playing more video games. You should definitely do a video games for dummies series explaining where to start with different genres in different titles. You know, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, doing like a quick little, here's where I think the best place to start is if you're looking to get into video games. I was actually debating doing something like that for One Piece, like doing a guide for how to get into One Piece in 2023. But again, I haven't had time really to record that video. But I, I think that's a really good idea, Left Jab. I think I might actually do that in the future. Just remind me of it. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I've been playing a lot of Pikmin 4, played a lot of Pokemon Sleep, uh, played some Smash Brothers. I've also been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now in Endwalker is stuff that's not necessarily interesting to do on stream, but I now got up to a point where I feel like I should probably start streaming my progress because I'm getting to a dungeon and it seems like a pretty hype thing is about to happen in the story. I'm not going to get too much into story spoilers because, again, I know not everybody is caught up to Endwalker, but I'm about, I think, at the midway point of Endwalker right now. Um, and I do plan on streaming more of that, but again, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to do that, especially because of all the stuff that happened today with Genshin. I mean, Genshin today announced that we're going to be getting the Fontaine update in two weeks. That's going to come out when I'm in Japan. So literally thinking of the next couple months in terms of streaming games, I've got the rest of Endwalker. I've got Genshin Impact Fontaine stuff. I still have to finish Pikmin 4. Mario RPG is coming out in October. I've got Mario Wonder coming out as well. And that's just five games off the top of my head that I'm thinking of in addition to everything else. I'm sure I'll probably do streams when the Pokemon DLC comes out. I'm sure I'll do a stream for when the next Mario Kart DLC comes out. There's just too much to cover. And that's just Nintendo stuff. That's not even including stuff that's on other platforms. That's not even mentioning like Spider-Man 2 if I end up doing a stream for that game or any other number of stuff that ends up coming out later this year. And I want to do a retro playthrough of something that I guess I'm not going to bring up because I don't want to promise any more content, but there's just too much. I feel like we're living in a golden era of video games and there's literally too much content to cover and not enough time in the day to cover it. Uh, thank you, by the way, to Barry Motivated for saying have a fun and safe trip in Japan, Roger. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate that. And uh, let me think, let me think, let me think. In terms of video games, is there anything else? I guess the one big thing in terms of video games that I'll bring up now before we get into financials and Nintendo Switch speculation, because I feel like we have a lot of stuff to cover in terms of video game news, 
One thing I really quickly want to bring up is the announcement that happened this morning of the Pokemon Presents that's going to be happening on the morning of August 8th. Now, during this Pokemon Presents announcement trailer, they basically showed the Pokemon logo glitching out with this world purple like neon tone, and the M in Pokemon specifically was glitching. And I've seen some people think that that's a reference to Mewtwo, that maybe they're teasing some type of Mewtwo-related thing. Um, I know Mewtwo was just added to Pokemon Unite, and then I know that there was also the stuff with Mewtwo that happened recently in Pokemon Masters. Some people were saying maybe it's like a tease of a new Mystery Dungeon game. I think that'd be kind of cool. It's been a long time since the last Mystery Dungeon, especially the last new Mystery Dungeon. I think the last Mystery Dungeon game we got was in 2020, right before the pandemic, and that was the remake of the original Mystery Dungeon. So I feel like the time is probably right for one. Um, but then in addition to that, there was also something else recently with Mewtwo. I'm just forgetting off the top of my head what it was. But I feel like Oh, of course, the Detective Pikachu game. So there's going to be a new Detective Pikachu game, Detective Pikachu Returns. That got announced during the Nintendo Direct a couple weeks ago. Um, I guess at this point, probably a couple months ago, right? When we had that big Nintendo Direct announcing a bunch of stuff where Mario Wonder and Mario RPG were announced. And during that Nintendo Direct, there was the announcement of Detective Pikachu Returns. And obviously, if you played the original Detective Pikachu or you saw the movie Detective Pikachu, you know that Mewtwo is uh, very involved in the plot of both the game and the movie. So, there you go. I think it probably more likely than anything else has something to do with Mewtwo and probably something to do with Detective Pikachu Returns, but I'm not going to say there's not going to be anything in it in regards to a brand new game. I just feel like it'd be odd to announce a new game when there's already so much new stuff on the horizon that we don't know enough about. Detective Pikachu Returns being one of them, both of the DLCs for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, updates for Pokemon Unite and Pokemon Sleep and all these other games that they're already putting stuff out for, Pokemon Go as well. I just think there's like so much and I'd be very surprised if they end up announcing a whole new game or a new remake or something like that. I really don't necessarily think that we're going to end up getting like a Let's Go Johto or anything like that on the current Switch. I also don't think we're really going to get anything else in terms of like a Pokemon Snap 3 or something like that. I think if there's another big spin-off game that's not a Mystery Dungeon, that will most likely be on whatever the Nintendo Switch 2 ends up being. So that is my guess. I really don't think there's going to be a lot of big game announcements. But again, I am happy to be proven wrong. I'd love to see like a Hey You Mewtwo or something. I think that would be excellent. I would love to see like a Hey You Mewtwo where you're talking to Mewtwo on, on a microphone that gets bundled in the Switch or something. Or, you know, something really funny that I saw um, on Twitter recently was people were saying that maybe the M that was glitching out was a reference to Missing No. Because if you played the original, original Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, you probably are already aware of the urban legend of Missing No. Not even an urban legend, that was in the game. But it's the kind of thing that obviously spread among the playground as kids, where, uh, you know, Missing No or M was the glitch Pokemon in the original Pokemon games. I do think it'd be really cool if they made somehow, some way, Missing No canon. And the way I think they would probably end up doing that if they were going to do that would be with some type of Pokemon Go update. Because I feel like we already have Meltan and Melmetal, and those Pokemon aren't technically part of any other Pokedex. They're the first ones that are classified as not from any specific region. And I think, uh, you know, if you're going to do a glitch Pokemon or something along those lines, I know Porygon Z already does his little glitches, but a full-on glitch Pokemon, I think it would be pretty cool if they built up hype around actually canonizing Missing No, and then maybe having it playable for the first time in the DLC for Scarlet and Violet. That could be kind of cool. I mean, the whole thing in Scarlet and Violet is you have the convergent Pokemon, 
where you also have the Pokemon that are, you know, the ancient ones or the future ones. It'd be kind of cool to sort of tie in Missing No with the future Pokemon and maybe have it say there's like a glitch in the system and it got discovered one day. I don't know. And there's really cool things I think they could do. Or... Or they could do something super duper cool, which I literally thought about the second that I just said it. You know how there's future forms and ancient forms of certain Pokemon in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? How sick would it be if the future form of Missing No or of M is like the classic glitch box that everyone remembers from Red, Blue, and Yellow? And then the ancient form is the way that it glitched out on screen way back in the day where it showed up as a fossil. You know how it would show up as either the fossilized version of Aerodactyl or the fossilized version of Kabutops? How cool would that be to have the fossilized version of Aerodactyl actually be a playable Pokemon and be added to the canon as a glitch that was in the system? I think that could be so cool, but again, I'm getting a little too hyped for something that's probably not going to end up happening. And, you know, by the next Touch Base with Rogers base, we'll, it'll already be old news, whatever's in this Pokemon Presents. Because, again, this happens next Tuesday. There's not going to be a show next Friday. And then the Friday after that, I'll be in Japan, but the news will be two weeks old. So we're going to find out. Maybe we'll come back to this video and we'll laugh and make fun of me and talk about how stupid my speculation was. Or maybe I was right on the mark. Maybe I totally called it. Who knows? Actually, while we're on the topic of Pokemon... I need to show you guys something. Wait a minute. Let me grab this. So, first and foremost, I want to give a big thank you to Pokemon Company because a couple weeks ago they sent over the Obsidian Flames Elite Trainer Box. And I feel like I have to show you guys what I pulled in this trainer box because my luck was pretty incredible. I ended up getting one of the major chase cards, excuse me, in Obsidian Flames. I got, I guess you guys who are listening to the audio version can't hear it, but those of you who watch the video version can see, I got a Charizard EX, the full art version, Dark Terra type, and not only that, I also got the regular base version of Charizard EX too. Now, I didn't get the golden version, but I honestly feel like this version looks better anyway. I'd rather have this version than the gold version because he looks like menacing and terrifying while he's roaring. And it's been a long time since I got a new Charizard in a card pack. I feel like the last one that I got was a Charizard V-Star maybe like two years ago or something. I got one of the rainbow V-Star Charizards. So it's really cool to finally have pulled another Charizard. So big thank you once again to Pokemon Company for sending over the Elite Trainer box and sending over the Booster box. And now I have a whole deck. Check this out. I have a whole Charizard EX deck. I have the Chiyu EX. I've got some Flamigos. I've got, uh, what else is over here? Some Ninetale. Oh, yeah, I have this amazing Armor Rouge. Look at this. Wait a minute. I got this amazing Full Art Armor Rouge. I got uh, this amazing Full Art Ninetales. Honestly, my luck was impeccable during this set. I feel like the ones that I ended up pulling were just perfect. And they were all ones that ended up working with my Charizard deck. And... I even got really lucky with the energy. Look at the energy that I pulled. I ended up getting one of the golden super ultra rare energies, which is neat too. So super excited to use this. I will probably be bringing this deck with me when I go to Worlds. Um, but the only thing is they don't have an open invitational thing at Worlds anymore. So I think we're just going to test the deck before we end up leaving. I know Regan wanted to play with it too. And I know we put together like a Magnezone EX uh, Palmy deck as well. So I think we'll probably end up bringing the Palmy deck and the Charizard deck and then testing them out at Worlds. That'd be kind of fun. So especially because that's the new se uh, series, obviously. Though I do think 
during the current Invitational series, isn't it where they're using cards from dating back to like the beginning of the V sets? So I'm not really sure. I think they can mix and match cards this time around. I don't know if they'll be able to do it next year. I really, I haven't even really looked into like the full-on rule set of what's allowed at Worlds and what's not, but either way, I am excited for Pokemon Worlds. I'm excited to see whatever announcements they end up making. That's the other thing, is I'm really surprised they're doing this Pokemon Presents before Worlds and not during Worlds. I would have assumed that there's going to be some type of big announcement at the end of Worlds, and that didn't end up being the case uh, last year. Obviously, we got the announcement of the EX cards coming back, and we got the announcement of Yokohama being the next Worlds location, which for me was super high because it meant, oh my god, I'm going to Japan. But for the general public, I mean, it's not that big of an announcement. I think the only other thing they announced was like Cyclazar or something in Scarlet and Violet. Um, so not a lot of big stuff. So I am really, really wondering if we're going to end up getting like some type of big Pokemon reveal during it or um, maybe some news about the DLC, especially if this Presents happens literally a week and a half before. I don't know. We're going to end up seeing. But either way... I am excited. It's a good time to be a Pokemon fan, and that's a lot. there's a lot of stuff to cover. I guess if I could say one more thing while we're on the Pokemon topic before we move on, because again, we're 20 minutes in. I haven't even touched on any of the stuff that I want to touch on that are in the docket in terms of news this week. The last thing I want to bring up in terms of Pokemon, I would love more than anything else for them to make a new Pokemon Conquest game. Uh, for those of you who don't remember Pokemon Conquest, this was a DS strategy game that combined Nobunaga's Ambition, a classic Japanese video game franchise, and Pokemon, and I absolutely, positively adored it. I thought the gameplay was so good, I thought the art style was fantastic, and they've never really touched on Pokemon Conquest again, and it's kind of like one of those spin-off games that was absolutely beloved, everyone who played it loved it, and we just never got a follow-up. It kind of feels to me like Pokemon Snap, but for a younger generation. Because obviously I grew up with an N64. And so for me, my dream game when I was growing up was a sequel to Pokemon Snap. Now I ended up getting it when I was 31 years old. I ended up getting new Pokemon Snap. I had to wait a long time. And so hopefully those of you that were eight years old when Pokemon Conquest don't have to wait until you're 31 to get a Pokemon Conquest 2. But again, I don't think that's going to be in this Pokemon Presents. I'm just saying that is, uh, you know, something specific that I really, 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 really want. So, yeah. Thank you, by the way, to Bryant Brawler for donating, sending a super chat and saying, funny enough, we get to see a ter uh, terrestrialized Charizard in the new Pokemon anime, too. So I am assuming that the reason they did the Charizard in the anime was to tie in with the Charizard card and to tie in with the Charizard that's in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet as well, because I know they just had the Dark Terra-type Charizard event. So they're really pushing the idea of these Dark Terra-types. Though I will say maybe one last thing, maybe one last thing to show on stream. Hold on, before we move on, I can always show this. One of my prized cards from my childhood. If I open this sucker up, this is my full-on giant binder of cards from my childhood and cards from, you know, past sets. And if I look on the retro page, here we are, here we are, you will see none other than Dark Charizard. There you go. So I got my old Dark Charizard right there. So he was Dark-type before he was even a Terra-type and before Terra-types were even a thing. But um, yeah, I absolutely love that card. I really lucked out with my Team Rocket pulls when I was a kid. I got a first edition Dark Blastoise and then I even got a Dark Charizard. So really, really lovely stuff. Now, with 
All that being said, we are moving away from Pokemon news because there is so much to talk about in terms of Nintendo. Nintendo's financials just dropped yesterday. We have a lot of big updates. Let me move on over to the other screen and let us talk about this. Now, if you go on over to the sales data, bada bing, bada boom, some of you might remember that I did a little short a couple days ago, basically teasing uh, what I thought were going to be the sales data numbers for Tears of the Kingdom and for the Switch. Now, in that prediction video, I said that Tears of the Kingdom isn't quite going to hit 20 million units in its first couple months on... Um, you know, on the on the market, but I think it's going to get close to 20 million. And then I also mentioned in that video that I could see the Switch going all the way up to 140 million, considering the amount of Switches that were sold due to the new OLED Zelda Switch. So that is what we're doing. We are pulling this up right now. Let me pull this up. Also, I'm just seeing that the chat doubled. I don't know why it's doing that. Let me take this out of here. Hold on a minute. Give me a second, you guys. I don't know why Twitch chat is overlapping. There we go. Also, you guys can see I added a new little Twitch chat thing in here. Oh, Herb's in here. What's up, buddy? Um, I added a new little Twitch chat thing. Boom. Where you can actually see the chat on screen now, which is very nice. And it's got the little shadow. But then if I'm moving my little cursor across the screen, you can see... It's still semi-transparent behind it too, which is very nice. Again, means nothing to those of you who are listening to the audio version of the podcast, but that's why you should be watching live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, live on youtube.com slash rogersbase. Check it, check it out. Okay, now with all that being said, here are the new updated top-selling title units for the Nintendo Switch. Coming in at number one, we got an increase from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is now the best-selling game on the system, having sold 55.4 million units. Absolutely, positively absurd numbers for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. That number is only going to continue to grow with time, considering the fact that we're getting new DLC for that game still. Wave, the Wave 5 or Wave 6? Which one was it? Wave 5 or Wave 6 literally just came out. Just came out. So I don't even think that's reflected in these numbers. And then in addition to that, we've got another wave coming out later in the year, and that's probably going to do an even bigger push considering the fact that it's coming out around the holiday season. So Mario Kart 8 sitting at 55 million units. Uh, Joshua donated and said, Roger, are we going to get a One Piece waifu quiz one day? Absolutely not. And Kaiser Phoenix said, you were doing me a video today, had me in tears. Fantastic. All right, coming in at number two in terms of uh, the best-selling games on Switch. Number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons has crossed the 40 million threshold and is now at 42.7 million units sold massive numbers for animal crossing again really amazing considering the fact the previous best-selling animal crossing game uh was animal crossing wild world with 11.7 actually i think it might have been new leaf what was oh yeah it was new leaf new leaf was 13.04 million units and now the switch version has done 42 absolutely absurd nearly three times the previous best-selling game in the franchise. Now, obviously, a lot of that was due to COVID. We were inside. We had nothing else to do. We were playing Animal Crossing. Makes a lot of sense. But Animal Crossing at 42.7 is truly wild stuff. Next up, Smash Brothers still continuing to sell 31.7 million units sold for, for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Amazing, amazing numbers. I also see people saying that they think there might be some new DLC or something coming in September because Sakurai basically said he's gonna be slowing his output of videos on YouTube. Don't expect 
anything later this year for Smash Brothers. I really don't think we're getting another fighter pass. I think he is really done. I think he even stressed in that recent video that he doesn't see Smash Brothers continuing without him, but he also expressed on a multitude of videos prior to the one that just recently came out that he does kind of want to take a little bit of a break from Smash Brothers. So I don't expect anything Smash anytime soon, but we will get back to the topic of Smash Brothers a little bit later on today when we're talking speculation regarding the Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever that sequel system is going to end up being called the successor to the Nintendo Switch. So, 31 million units, Smash Brothers Ultimate. Now, following this, there really aren't a lot of big changes. We've got uh, Breath of the Wild at 30.6, Mario Odyssey at 26.4, Sword and Shield at 25.9, Scarlet and Violet slowly but surely creeping up to that Sword and Shield number at 22.6, which again, considering how many people were complaining about Sword and Shield, and that Sword and Shield, all the people were complaining about Scarlet and Violet, saying, oh, the games are broken, how could they have released them like this, whatever. Clearly, they're not boy boycotting the game, they're not putting their money where their mouth is, they are buying the games anyway, the games continue to sell, and so obviously, you know, no big surprise there. That's probably going to push towards Sword and Shield when we get the new DLC. The new DLC for Scarlet and Violet hasn't even come out yet. It comes out in four months. And then there's and there's two waves of it. There's another one that's going to happen next year. So I feel like with another holiday season and two more waves of DLC, more likely than not, they're probably going to end up crossing Sword and Shield by the end of the Switch's lifespan, uh, which is pretty amazing stuff. Now, Moving on from that, we have Super Mario Party now landing in the number 8 top sold spot with 19.3 million units sold. Really shocking to see that. But then, right behind it, with only two months on the charts, landing in the top 10 best-selling Switch games of all time, we have The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom coming in on its very first financial report with 18.5 million units sold and correct me if i'm wrong some of you might know this you can correct me on this either in the q a on spotify or in the comments on youtube tears of the kingdom 15 million of those sales were physical so those were in-store purchases of tears of the kingdom and that those are the three million that was digital that is absurd that is absurd and these numbers keep climbing so more likely than not in fact most definitely Tears of the Kingdom by the next financial report is going to take over Super Mario Party. Super Mario Party is at 19.3 right now. Tears of the Kingdom is still fresh, came out two months ago and is already at 18.5. There's no way it doesn't sell through another million throughout the course of the holiday season, throughout the course of the rest of the year. People who are getting their Switches later in the year for different varieties of games. You know, we've got Mario RPG and Mario Wonder and stuff coming out. So, again, no doubt about it, Tears of the Kingdom is going to eventually outsell Super Mario Party. And also a really fun statistic. I was talking to Paul Gale about this earlier today. Did you know that the entirety of sales for The Legend of Zelda, for the entire franchise, is, correct me if I'm wrong, at 130 million units? Isn't that what it is? 130 million units sold for the entirety of the franchise? And Tears of the Kingdom at nearly 20 million, and Breath of the Wild at 30 million, puts it at around, just for those two games alone, about a third of the overall sales of the entire franchise period. So anybody out there who's like, oh, after Tears of the Kingdom, they're going to move away from the formula, and I want the old Zelda back or whatever, keep crying, because it's not going to happen. This is literally a third of the entirety of the franchise lifespan was sold with just 
Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Obviously, this hit a new demographic, not just with the Switch, but I feel like having that open world kind of environment and lots of cool ways to play and having that social aspect of sort of sharing your creations is something that is massive and is definitely pushing these games forward. And so I would not be surprised if more games in the franchise moving forward end up along the lines of Tears of the Kingdom. Now, that isn't to say that I think we're never going to get another like 2D top-down Zelda game. I definitely think we're going to get more of those. Things along the lines of Link's Awakening or the Oracle games or Link Between Worlds. I think there's a lot of likelihood that we can actually get those games to be sort of the classic stand-in Zeldas, right? The ones with the regular old dungeons, with the puzzles, with the small keys and the treasure chests and the bosses. Like, I think that is absolutely going to be a direction they're going to move in moving forward when you want to have interim Zelda games. But I think the big mainline Zelda games moving forward in terms of 3D Zelda are going to look a lot more like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom than they are Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess. I think that era of Zelda is very much done now and I think if anything else I could almost see a situation in which they go back and remake some of those old classic Zelda games with the Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild type of aesthetic and that type of playstyle. I mean, I think Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, at least to me, is the most Zelda feeling game pretty much since the original Legend of Zelda. You know, the original Legend of Zelda doesn't really give you any information, throws you right into that world, you get your sword right in the very beginning, and then you're just sort of free to go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do, do the dungeons in any order you want to do it in. And while Breath of the Wild was like that to some extent, I feel like early game Breath of the Wild is relatively easy, whereas I feel like Tears of the Kingdom crosses over with the challenge of the original Zelda games and then also sort of throwing you into this unforgiving world. So again, I do feel like if we are going to get more games before we get the next big mainline Zelda game, I think we're probably going to end up getting like a remake done in the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom style. And, you know, if I was going to guess a game that would probably get that treatment, I would definitely see the original Legend of Zelda being one of them. I could see them do that. I could see them do Zelda 2 again and retcon a lot of the story stuff in that game to be Zonai related. Or I could also see them do Ocarina of Time. But to me, Ocarina of Time feels much more like an emergency button kind of thing for Nintendo. Like, I feel like there's a couple very specific emergency button games that Nintendo is just sort of sitting on where, you know, if all else fails on a system and they have another Wii U situation, they want to have these games on the back burner. One of those games to me has always been this Pokemon MMO. I feel like if ever Pokemon starts to wane in popularity or doesn't do particularly well, the second they click that button on the Pokemon MMO, it's over. And this, the franchise is back again. And I feel very much the same way about a modern console remake of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Obviously that game got remade on the 3DS for Ocarina of Time 3D, but the game didn't visually look that much different. Obviously it looked a lot cleaner and it looked a lot better, but it still kind of looked like an up N64 game, early GameCube kind of game. You know what I mean? And so I think doing Ocarina of Time over again, but with much bigger environments, with the dungeons being fully fleshed out in the way that Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdoms are, and then also having Hyrule Field be a lot more open world, and having it where instead of having cutscenes that load you into where Kakariko Village is, or cutscenes that load you into where Zora's Village is, or the Gerudo Desert, all of that is just one giant open map. And then a lot of the stuff towards the middle of the map, like around Lon Lon Ranch or something like that, maybe they build 
build out another town, or they expand upon things that they couldn't actually get finished with the original Ocarina of Time. So I could definitely see a situation in which they click that emergency button and they remake that game in the Breath of the Wild Tears of the Kingdom style. However, we are still on the topic of sales. I'm getting off topic. Excuse me for the little bit of a rant there. Let's get back to this. The number 10 best-selling game on the Nintendo Switch currently as of this new financial result coming in at 16.1 million units sold is new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Now, a lot of people I've seen are surprised by this and are shocked that this is a game that is in the top 10 when there's a lot of other games that are missing from here. I think specifically two big ones that were previously in the top 10 that are nowhere to be seen here are Splatoon 2 and Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3 had an amazing launch weekend. That game broke sales records in Japan in terms of its launch sales, and Splatoon 2 launched around the time of the Nintendo Switch, only a couple months after. So you would think the sell-through on both of those games, and for that series being such a huge multiplayer sort of backbone for Nintendo's library, you'd think those games would have sold better, and a lot of people are, again, really surprised that a port of a game that wasn't even really that beloved on the Wii U managed to sell a bunch on the Switch. But one thing that I think is incredibly important to bring up that not a lot of people know is that New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe is one of the only games that you can buy legally on the Nintendo Switch in China. And if you don't believe me, go on over here. We're going to go to Nintendo.com really quick. Here we go, right over here. We're going to go to the global Nintendo.com page. I think I have to click the, the main page over here. Maybe it'll take me to it. Oh, here we go. Regions. Check this out. If you go to the page for China, which is managed by Tencent, you'll notice one of the only games that's available for the Switch here, if you go on their list of games, weirdly enough, Game Builder Garage is one of them. One of the only games is a new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. So, you also have to take into consideration that Mario Odyssey, Super Mario Party, Mario Brothers U Deluxe, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe probably all got pretty massive bumps in terms of their sales due to the sales numbers that are in China. Um, again, this is a massive market, and it's a market that really only has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9... Nine legal first-party Nintendo games available on it. There's a couple little indie games on here. Oh, no, I guess there's a couple more. Breath of the Wild... Uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee and Kirby Star Allies are on here as well. But again, not a very big library to choose from. And correct me if I'm wrong, I also feel like they bundled um, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe with the original launch of the Nintendo Switch in China too. So again, uh, no big surprise that that game consistently ends up on the top of the chart if you know the full backstory of where that game is being sold and for how long it's been sold really without any competition. There's no other 2D Mario game competing with it. Whereas here in North America, we have uh, Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker 2, though I guess the original Mario Maker is on Wii U and not on Switch, but we still have Mario Maker 2 competing with Mario U Deluxe. And uh, I, I guess they probably don't want, you, you know, Super Mario Maker 2 or whatever on the Switch there, because then people could create things in the, the Stage Maker, and they probably don't want people having interactive Winnie the Pooh stages in Super Mario Maker 2 in China. So. That's my big guess as to why that game never came over there. But regardless, that's our top 10. There you go. 
congratulations to Tears of the Kingdom, landing of the top 10. Now, let's move on from the specific sales data from the individual games, and let's move on to the actual video game units sold. So these are the actual hardware systems. Now, this number really, really surprised me. Now, obviously, 1,088,000,000,000 units is nothing to scoff at in terms of software sold on the Nintendo Switch. And that does not surprise me at all. I think those numbers are exactly in line with what I would have imagined for this update, considering the last financial report, they crossed 1 billion in terms of software units sold. The thing that blows my mind is that over here, when you look at hardware, there really wasn't that big of a bump in terms of hardware. Now, as we'll get into a little bit later, this was a massive massive time for Nintendo this past quarter. There were a lot of things that did really well between the launch of Tears of the Kingdom, the massive success of the Mario movie. Like there were a lot of things that obviously brought in record profits for Nintendo specifically this quarter. But I really honestly thought with all the Tears of the Kingdom bundles and all the other new systems that are being sold and all the new people getting into it, I really thought the Switch, at the very least, was going to cross the 130 million mark during this quarter, especially because of the Mario movie, too. I feel like that's a big thing. But then, as I was thinking about it more, Mario Wonder hasn't come out, there still hasn't been a price drop, and in addition to all of that, Mar like with Mario Wonder on the horizon, and another holiday on the horizon, and a price drop on the horizon, I think there's a lot of other opportunities for the Switch to really sell through and end up hitting a mark that maybe rivals or surpasses the Nintendo DS. Now, the thing that's really difficult about this is that with the DS, you've got hardware sold of 154 million units. So there were 154 million units of the DS sold. This is far and away the best selling Nintendo system of all time. Second place prior to the Switch being in second place was, um, I think it was the Game Boy. Yeah, the Game Boy was at 118 million units sold and then the Wii was at third place. And then the Switch surpassed the Wii and then surpassed the Game Boy. And again, now its main rival is the DS. But again, if you look at these numbers, the DS sold 948.7 million units in terms of software and the Switch has already outsold that. So that means people who are buying Nintendo Switch are on average buying more games than the average Joe Schmo who bought a Nintendo DS, maybe for Brain Age or for Animal Crossing or for whatever. People who are buying Nintendo Switches are buying multiple games and, and more games than people who are buying on the DS, which I just think is a very interesting thing to bring up. So yeah, again, I feel like at the very least after the end of this year, with Mario Wonder being released, with the sell-through over the holiday season and potential price drop, I do think we're going to end up getting Nintendo Switch um, surpassing at the very least 140 by the end of its lifespan. Now, will it surpass the DS? I don't necessarily know, especially with this speculated Nintendo Switch 2 on the horizon. Obviously, that's been a big news story recently. Lots of people talking about how now there seems to be potential and there seems to be rumblings for the next major Nintendo Switch system. This is not really a huge surprise to me because I feel like if they are going to release the system next summer or even next holiday season, we're probably going to start hearing about it relatively soon. I mean, if you think back to the Nintendo Switch, we got the reveal of the Nintendo Switch initially in that teaser trailer in September. We got the big blowout for the system in January and then the system actually came out two months later in March. I'm looking at, because I really don't think they're going to want to eat into sales for the holiday season and announce the Switch 2 before the holiday season. That just seems odd to me. Maybe they will, though. I don't know. It's just the Switch is... 
I don't know. It's in a different situation. Like, I think them announcing the Switch during this, the last September of the Wii U wasn't that big of a deal because the Wii U was already dead at that point. Like, no one else was buying a Wii U over the holiday season. So I don't think they needed to worry about cannibalizing their sales. But I do think that if they were to announce the Nintendo Switch 2 in, like, say, September, before Mario RPG or before Mario Wonder comes out, and those games really end up pushing the Switch over the course of the holiday season, I don't know. I think it would be odd. I could see a lot of parents um, who are getting asked by their kids to get them Switches for the holiday season being like, no, no, we're going to wait because we know the new Switch is coming out anyway. You don't need a Switch right now. Um, or, I don't know, I mean, unless they do a really massive price drop for the Switch, then maybe it doesn't even matter. Maybe you do announce the Switch 2 or something in like September, October, do the blowout in like January or February and then have it release in summer of next year. I could definitely see that happening. I just think it's a lot less likely that it happens in the same way that it did from the Switch era, you know, coming out of the Wii U era. I just think there was there were too many things that were going wrong in the Wii U era that I think they kind of needed to get the announcement of the Switch out there. And then also, it was such a vastly different system from what the Wii U was. It's the kind of thing that you can play docked, but then you can literally take it out of your house and play it on the go. It's the kind of thing to me that I feel like the jump between what the Switch 2 is going to end up being versus the regular Nintendo Switch, I don't think it's going to be that big of a leap in terms of uh, innovation and technology. I think it'll probably be a much more powerful system, and I think it'll be able to run a lot of games better, um, and I do also think it'll be fully backward compatible, but that's a topic for a different conversation. But I definitely feel like the Switch 2 doesn't have as much to prove as the Switch did, which is why I think they kind of clicked that emergency button and showed it off when they did prior to that giant big blowout in January. Um, now again, there are opportunities for them to show off or announce the Switch 2, or at the very least tease Switch 2. Like Nintendo is attending Gamescom this year, which is a pretty big deal. A lot of the time Nintendo skips out in Gamescom. That is not the case this year. So you do kind of wonder what are they going to show off there other than just demos of Mario RPG or Mario Wonder. Like what else are they going to show at Gamescom? Do they have hardware to announce? Do they have other things to announce? Do they have the name for the Princess Peach game? Which apparently in the financial report that just recently came out for the Switch, that game is still called Brand New Game Starring Princess Peach for the Nintendo Switch, which is bizarre that that's its placeholder name. So I, I am very curious as to what's going to happen during Gamescom or what's going to happen during Nintendo Live. You know, obviously this is the first year they're bringing Nintendo Live or North America. And for anyone who's followed Nintendo Live. It's been going on in Japan for years at this point, and it's essentially like a fun family Nintendo-centric event where there's concerts, and there's tournaments, and people can play Smash, and Mario Kart, and Splatoon, and then sometimes they have concerts to play Mario and Zelda music, and it sounds like it's going to be the case again this year, but... Considering they have a giant venue center, it's across the street from PAX, and it kind of lines up with when there's been rumblings of either a new Nintendo Direct or uh, potential news for Switch 2, it does kind of make you think, are they going to announce the Switch 2 during Nintendo Live? Or maybe even like show it off in some capacity and preview it to people at Nintendo Live. I think that would be amazing. Like, what if they ended up doing that? I think that would be huge. Um... I mean, they're going to have a bunch of people there anyway. A lot of the different Nintendo people are going to be going, like myself included. We're going to live. There's going to be a lot of other people in the gaming industry who are going to be attending for PAX. So, like, if you want a bunch of people to be in one place to preview your new system, that might be the place to do it. But again, 
that also seems like something that's almost too soon with the amount of games that are still coming on the horizon that are new titles. I mean, again, we already know about Dark Moon, the port of Dark Moon. We know about the Peach game. We know about Mario Wonder, and we know about Mario RPG. We also know about Metroid Prime 4 that is still in the works. There are five games we already know about that are big, like million-selling titles that we still need to find out more information about. So... I don't know, Nintendo's in a very weird position right now. Obviously a good position to be in, right? When you're the market leader, naturally you can kind of do whatever you want. But again, it's tricky you know, to announce a new system while your current system is still doing so incredibly well. Um, it just seems, it seems kind of bizarre to me, yeah. I see someone in the chat actually mentioning, I wish Nintendo would go back to dedicated handhelds, but I doubt it. I think we're sticking to the hybrid. I can say personally, for me personally, I never, ever, ever, ever ever want them to go back to having a dedicated console and a dedicated hardware, ever. I think the reason why the Switch worked so well and the reason we got so many good games on Switch, ranging from the two Zelda game to the Mario games to Xenoblade, Splatoon, Smash Brothers, whatever, was due to the fact that all of their development houses were all merged to focus on this one system. They're not splitting development between a bunch of other systems. And I think because of that, you're able to have a much stronger output in terms of games instead of having one or two games released throughout the year. I do think there is definitely some nostalgia there for me in terms of the era of like the Game Boy and the N64 or the GameCube or the GBA or even the Wii and the DS, right? Like I definitely have nostalgia for those eras, but it's one of those things now that like I've taken my Switch absolutely everywhere. I travel a lot. I leave the house a lot. And even when I'm in the house, when I'm sitting on my couch, I was talking to Reagan about this the other day. We were sitting watching a TV show after eating dinner and I grabbed my Switch and I was playing Pikmin 4 and I could have docked the Switch. I could have played the Switch on the TV. I have a beautiful giant TV in my living room and yet because it was comfy, I chose to sit there on the couch and play Pikmin 4 on the little screen. I feel like there's probably a lot of other people that are like me in terms of liking to play in handheld mode and being able to just take it on the go, playing in bed, playing on the plane. It's, it's a lot easier to get through, especially the really big experiences, things like Zelda or Pikmin or things like that, that would normally be played exclusively on a TV. Like the fact that you can now play that on the go, I definitely think is the appeal of the Switch. And again, because it's done so well, I don't ever see a situation in which they're going to split that up again and do hardware um, that's like dedicated for a home console and then hardware that's dedicated for a handheld really ever again. And again, I'm, I'm fine with that. I grew up in the era of N64 and, and Game Boy Color. I have the memories of it, um, but I, I don't want to go back. There's plenty of things that I want to go back to from the 90s in terms of video games or entertainment or movies. Like I feel like that was peak in terms of a lot of stuff. Like Growing up in the 90s with the games that were coming out when they did, the jump from 2D to 3D from Super Nintendo to N64, the hype behind the GameCube era and PS2 and Xbox, and having the Microsoft actually be part of the console wars again, and like all the other stuff, the movies that were coming out at the time, the prequel trilogy of Star Wars, there was a lot of really, really good stuff. But again, one thing I don't miss is having the split consoles, especially because I got an N64 
in like Christmas 1998, right? And then I really wanted to play Pokemon, but I couldn't play Pokemon because Pokemon wasn't on the N64 other than Pokemon Snap. So then I had to ask for a, a Game Boy Color for Christmas, and then I had to wait all the way to Christmas to be able to play that game. And then it was much more difficult for me to be like, Mom, I need a new console. Dad, I need a new console. And they're like, we just bought you one. What are you talking about? You don't need a new console. So it became harder and harder to convince them as I was growing up that I needed a new video game system to play my games. Um, so I think it's much easier now if you're a kid. You just go, I want to switch, Mom, so I could play Pokemon and play Zelda. It's a win-win situation, yeah. Growing up in the 90s really was incredible, man. Anyway, I am getting way off topic. We're already 15 minutes into the show. I still have a lot more stuff I want to cover. Let me go on over here. These are some of their highlights from their financials. This is like their explanatory material for the first quarter that ended in March 2024. All right, so here we go. If you scroll on down, this is the first quarter. This is the thing that is interesting. Look at this. Sales for our dedicated video game platform business increased by 44% year over year. 44%. That is unheard of for a video game system that's entering its like sixth or seventh year on the market. That year over year, it's selling 44% more than their actual system before. That's unreal. That's it's truly, absolutely unreal. Unreal. And then in addition to that, overall sales, this is absurd. Overall sales in the mobile and IP related business rose by 190.1% year over year. That means it rose by the entirety of their profits the previous year and then almost double that. That's on top of what they already made. It is insane. Now, it mentions here, of course, that a giant boost in that came from the Super Mario Brothers movie, Naturally, which was the first movie this year to cross a billion. Obviously did incredibly well. Everybody loved the Mario movie. It was a huge success. You know, I'm still honestly surprised that Mario Wonder didn't come out around the time of the Mario movie. You would have thought that they would have, you know, cross-released those two at a Mario game on the system at the same time that the movie was in theaters. But I guess it didn't really matter in the first place because they're still selling so well. Um... Continue to scroll down here. There's a couple other additional expenses, but I want to scroll down to their sell-through. So just in this past quarter alone, they sold another 1.6 million units of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Now, again, one of the reasons to that was probably promotion tied to the Mario Brothers movie. Obviously, you know, the big third act of that movie is the Mario Kart race on Rainbow Road leading up to the fight with Bowser. So naturally, there were probably kids who were like, oh my gosh, I want to play that. They see them designing their carts. They want Mario Kart. Their parents buy them a Switch after seeing the movie. So that's not really a huge surprise. But then even moving forward, look at this, 15.7 million units of Tears of the Kingdom, of that 18 million number that we brought up earlier, 15 million units were sold in eight weeks alone for a Zelda game. Like, to put that in perspective, pre already, Breath of the Wild was already the best-selling Zelda game of all time prior to Tears of the Kingdom getting released. Tears of the Kingdom in eight weeks has now outsold every single Zelda other than Breath of the Wild in eight weeks. And again, that's added to the number that I brought up earlier during this, where I brought up that, you know, the, the total sales of Zelda as a franchise, one-third of the total sales of that franchise are attributed solely to Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Absolutely, positively, 
unreal. We are in a renaissance for Zelda fans. Things are becoming a lot more mainstream. Obviously, they're going to start putting their money where their mouth is in terms of cranking out more of these games. But again, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, they took years and years and years and years to make. So I do feel like we're going to see sprinklings here and there of other Zelda-related games coming out to sort of satiate the Zelda fans in between releases. Because um, obviously, I don't think within the next year or even two years of, you know, the Switch 2. I don't necessarily think we'll get a Zelda, other than maybe I could see them doing, like, a remake. If they end up using the same engine of Breath of the Wild, I could maybe see them doing a remake um, in the first couple years of Switch 2 of, like, the original Zelda or of Ocarina of Time, like I brought up earlier. Or I could also see them doing, like, a new 2D game. Maybe have Grizzo develop it. Um, they did such a great job with Link's Awakening. I wouldn't be surprised that they end up doing that. Also, we still have to get Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD on the Switch. So that's another Zelda-related thing we might end up seeing by the end of the year on Switch. Um, it's a good time to be a Zelda fan, honestly. Now... The one interesting thing here is they bring up their future Nintendo products. Now, obviously, Pikmin 4 came out a little too late, came out on July 21st, so we're not going to get sales data for Pikmin 4 until probably like three months from now or four months from now or whenever the quarter ends. I guess it would be three months from now. So three months from now, you can tune into a touch base with Rogers Base. We'll be talking about sales data for Pikmin 4, but it is worth noting that Pikmin 4, despite not being on the sales charts this time around for their quarterly report, Pikmin 4 has already in two months, or two weeks, excuse me, on the market, become the best-selling Pikmin game of all time. In two weeks. <laughs> so, just put that in perspective. It's In two weeks, it's already outsold every Pikmin game ever. Pretty absurd. And I think it's going to continue doing numbers as we go into the holiday season and more people, you know, get into the Pikmin franchise. I think it's just going to be one of those perfect little comfy games to, you know, add to Switch bundles around the holiday season. I could see, you know, parents getting Switches for their kids saying what's this cute little flower game it comes recommended by nintendo bada bing bada boom pikmin 4 sells more and it deserves it because again as i brought up earlier on this and previous touch base with rogers base excuse me pikmin 4 is just so unbelievably good i love that game um it, it improves on the originals in every single way and i just adore it so pikmin 4 then October 6th is going to be Detective Pikachu Returns. The 20th is New Super Mario Brothers. Excuse me. I almost said New Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers Wonder, October 20th. I completely forgot that November is going to be WarioWare and Mario RPG. And then in addition to that, we've got the Wave 6 DLC and Part 1 of the DLC for um, Scarlet and Violet as well. Now, something I find very, 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 very interesting here is that they list... Fall 2023 as part one of the DLC for Scarlet and Violet. But it says here, part two planned for release in winter 2023, which could mean January, February, March of next year, because that's technically still on the same fiscal calendar. The fiscal calendar ends in March 2024. Um, the reason why I find that interesting is because there have been rumblings for a while now that the reason why the DLC for Scarlet and Violet is coming out so much later is because it will end up taking advantage in some way of the new hardware of whatever the successor of the Switch is, albeit Nintendo Switch 2 or Super Switch or whatever. That, to me would not be a huge surprise because I feel like a game that you could very easily market and say, look how much better this game looks, look how much better this game runs on new hardware would totally be Scarlet and Violet. I think 
even in mainstream press outlets, there were people doing reports about how buggy the original release of Scarlet and Violet were and how so many things would slow down and it looked kind of ugly. And so I feel like if they ended up releasing a content patch for that game alongside part one, and maybe we'll end up seeing this in the Pokemon Presents, who knows, but part two then cross-releases on the new system or on the Switch, I could see that doing very, very well. I mean, I think this would be the first time ever if they cross-released Scarlet and Violet with the DLC packaged in on the Nintendo Switch 2 in like the first couple months of launch, that would be the first time ever that a Pokemon game was released that early in the lifespan of a Nintendo uh, system. Normally, the, the Pokemon games come out like the first major holiday season after release. So like the Switch came out in whenever that was. Was that 2016, 2017? 2017, right? Switch came out in 2017 in March. We went through that whole holiday season. Obviously, Mario Odyssey was the big push. Holiday 2018 was Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. So I think they'd be in a really interesting situation if they marketed the DLC for Scarlet and Violet as a big thing that you could play on this new Switch within its first year. Um, it's really, yeah, interesting stuff all around, again. And then, of course, lots of different sales data information regarding the Mario Brothers movie. No huge surprise there. We've talked about this in the past, about just how well that movie did for them and how, obviously, they're going to end up making more movies utilizing their DLC. Uh, no doubt about it. And even says here, it attributed to growing sales of Mario-related titles, smart device apps, and merchandise. So, yeah, again... They're going to continue making Mario movies. They're going to continue making Nintendo movies. It's going to keep happening. And then if you scroll down the very end of their little financial report thing, you can see the other games that are coming to the Switch. And again, uh, something I find very funny. It says TBA 2024. Princess Peach will star as the main character in a brand new game. Is currently the official untitled TBA title for the Princess Peach game. They're not even just saying new Princess Peach game. They call it Princess Peach will star as the main character in a brand new game. Temporary title. Very interesting stuff. And again, Metroid Prime 4 has not been moved off of this chart. Which again says to me, Metroid Prime 4 is come hell or high water going to be coming to the Switch. But I do think as we move further and further and further towards the speculation about the Switch 2 and the potential release of a Switch 2, I really think Prime 4 is going to be a launch game, which brings me into something that I want to talk about. Obviously, there have been all these rumors going around right now of a Nintendo Switch 2. You know, Jeff Grubb did a whole stream about it. There's talk about them planning their next console that apparently supply is already starting at the manufacturer. So what do I expect from a Nintendo Switch 2. Now, I'm planning on doing a whole separate video about this a little bit later on, but these are just sort of my quick general thoughts about what I expect to see from a Nintendo Switch 2. First and foremost, in terms of a release schedule, I really think we're gonna be looking at Nintendo Switch 2 launching in summer of next year. I know there are a lot of people who think that it might end up coming out in spring, the same way that we got the Nintendo Switch coming out in spring, but I think, again, there's no reason to really push for a spring release, especially when we know early 2023, excuse me, early 2024, there's already titles that are coming out that they could push on the Switch. We already have Dark Moon, coming to the Switch. We already have the Princess Peach game. There's definitely things that could tide people over during you know January, February, March, April, May into maybe June of next year. And we might end up seeing a release worldwide in summer for the Nintendo Switch 2. I also think that would make a lot of sense because kids are then off of school. You know, obviously what do you do during the you know summer vacation? You play video games, naturally. So I think coinciding the release of a system 
alongside Summer Vacation would be really smart. And again, they did this previously with one of the DS iterations, and they also did this as well with um, the original Game Boy Advance. So there is absolutely precedent for a big summer console release, but primarily those releases have been for handhelds. But again, Switch 2 is going to be the same as Switch 1, right? It's going to be docked and it's going to be in handheld mode. So that does act as their big handheld. And again, it just makes a lot of sense to have a release at some point in the summer. Um, now, we actually just recently got a donation that ties into another thing I was going to talk about in terms of speculation regarding Switch 2. Uh, Gaming Prince donated and said, Good to see you on stream. Do you think Metroid Prime 4 is going to be instead on the next console? And do you think Tears of the Kingdom is the last big game on Switch? Well, first off, guaranteed it's not the last big game on Switch because Mario Wonder is going to be coming out this holiday season. 2D Mario games consistently sell better than 3D Mario games. That is going to be a massive game for them this holiday season. So yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, it's already been proven, is not going to be the last big game on Switch. And in terms of saying, is it going to come out instead? No. Uh, one of my big predictions for Switch 2 is I really do think we are going to get a cross-release, cross-gen version of Metroid Prime 4. I think we're going to get one for the original Nintendo Switch, one for the Nintendo Switch 2. And even though the Nintendo Switch 2, I think, personally, is going to be backwards compatible, I think the one place in which I think it might not be is physical releases. Because if you remember, this was a couple years ago, they talked about this during one of their financial uh, investor calls, they mentioned that the whole reason they put together the Nintendo account system and unified everything after the 3DS and the Wii U for the Switch was to future-proof for upcoming consoles. Meaning, if you own a game on your Nintendo account, you own that game forever. No matter how many systems down the line you own that game, it is tied directly, no pun intended, to your account, which means I think, personally, there is, and you can quote me on this, 0% chance that the Switch 2 is not backwards compatible with Switch 1. 0% chance. No doubt about it, will be backwards compatible with Switch 1 in terms of digital releases. But I could absolutely see a world in which physical Switch games are not fully compatible with the Nintendo Switch 2. Because again, those aren't tied to your Nintendo accounts directly unless you register the games. There's no way of knowing that you own those games. And I also think too, the physical games, if the Switch 2 is, you know, the rumors would be believed and it's a much stronger console than the Switch 1 and could maybe output at higher resolutions, I definitely feel like we could see a situation in which you'll be able to play all the games that you own digitally no problem. Because again, it could just emulate what the Switch does. But in terms of physical games, I do think we're going to see a new type of cartridge for Switch 2. I do still think it's going to be cartridge-based. I don't think they're going to go to any other format, because why would they? It just makes a lot of sense to have it as cartridges. Um, but I also think, again, too, that because of the new type of cartridge, I really do feel like the physical games might not be backwards compatible. And again, I know there's a lot of people who really want that to be the case, but again, with a new system and with the Nintendo account being pushed and you know all the recent pushes from all the different video game developers of having digital-only libraries, I do see a situation in which they end up saying, look, if you want a game on Switch or on Switch 2, that's fine. If you bought it digitally, you can carry it over. But again, if you have a physical release, you're going to have to get that game again on Switch 2 if you're going to want to play it on your system. Again, I don't think people will be happy about that news, but I do see that being the most likely situation because, again, there's no way backwards compatibility digital stuff doesn't carry over. But 
there have been so many rumors and rumblings about how people are unsure of whether or not the Switch 2 is going to be backwards compatible that that leads me to believe that there's something in the hardware physically that's keeping people from thinking that you can use original Switch games. And that's the only thing that I could think of. I think like, you know, when you have a DS, 3DS, 2DS or whatever, you could play DS games on your 3DS naturally. Um, but certain like new Nintendo 3DS games or whatever wouldn't play on 3DSs that weren't new 3DSs. So I think it's going to be like a cartridge thing, kind of similar to that, uh, if anything. And again, I don't think people will be pleased, but I do think that's how they're going to get away with maybe doing a cross-gen release for Prime 4, where it'll still absolutely come out on Switch, and you could buy it physically on Switch, but I do think it'll also have a release on Nintendo Switch 2 as well, and would make a lot of sense as their big hardcore game for launch, because again, there's no way we're getting a Zelda at launch it's just straight up not going to happen. I don't think we're going to get a Zelda game at launch, considering we just got Tears of the Kingdom. And, you know, realistically, we had Breath of the Wild at the launch of the Switch. We had Twilight Princess at the launch of the Wii. I feel like there have been a lot of systems that have launched alongside Zelda games where people have kind of come to expect that. But because of what just happened with Tears of the Kingdom, again, I really I don't see that happening anytime soon. And I think the perfect type of game to match that hardcore audience would be Metroid. I think a Metroid Prime 4 would make people really happy. Um, two other things I want to bring up before we actually get into some of these other super chats, because I see a lot of people have a bunch of different opinions on some of the stuff I said already. Uh, two other things. I think we will probably end up seeing a major third-party port at the release of the Nintendo Switch 2. If I had to guess as to what that port game is going to be, something along the lines of what we saw with Skyrim on the Switch 1, I could definitely see a situation in which Elden Ring gets ported. Um, big reason for that is obviously Bandai Namco has a great relationship with Nintendo. Elden Ring already runs on a PS4. Apparently rumors, if they're to be believed, mean that Switch 2 is about as powerful as a PS4 Pro. There's no reason not to have Elden Ring on that. It's gonna sell a boatload of copies. It's a very successful game. DLC will probably be out for that game by the time the Switch 2 comes out, and it is ripe for opportunity to obviously resell that game and have a Nintendo-exclusive Master Sword in it or have Link's Tunic or something along those lines. So I do think we're going to be seeing Elden Ring on whatever this next system is. I also think we're going to be seeing Street Fighter VI. This is something I have a lot of people disagreeing with me on. Um, I brought this up on Japan Time recently, but Street Fighter traditionally for the past however many Nintendo generations has been present in the first six months of that hardware's life cycle. We saw this with the Super Street Fighter 2 release that was like the HDified version that was in the first year of the Switch's release. We also saw this with uh, Street Fighter 4, the 3DS version of that when it came out on 3DS. I do think, again, Capcom has a great relationship with Nintendo. I would not be surprised to see Street Fighter 6 make its way over. Additionally, if this game comes out, uh, excuse me, if this system comes out in summer of next year, that would then move past that rumored exclusivity one-year deal that Sony has with Street Fighter VI on consoles, which would then allow that game to be ported over and brought to the Nintendo Switch 2. So if I had to guess two games that are currently on PS4 that I could see them port over, that would be Nintendo Switch uh, for Nintendo Switch 2, that would be Street Fighter VI and Elden Ring. And then in terms of a big first-party release for the Nintendo Switch 2, I totally 100% believe Mario Kart is the big launch game. Uh, I don't think Switch Ultimate Deluxe or whatever would be coming at launch. That seems more like a holiday game to me if they're going to do it. But I feel like the Mario Kart team, obviously they've been working on the DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and releasing it, but I would not be surprised if that DLC 
has already been done for like months at this point already and they're kind of just sitting on it to release the wave and that they've already been working on Mario Kart 10 or Mario Kart X or whatever you want to call it and that's going to end up being either a launch game or a launch window game for the Nintendo Switch 2. Um, we saw this again with GBA. I'm, I'm following the GBA cycle of things. We saw this with Game Boy Advance. Within the first couple months of Game Boy Advance, we got um, you know Mario Kart Super Circuit would not surprise me to see in the first couple months of the Nintendo Switch 2 the next major mainline Mario Kart game. People have been waiting, and even though DLC is recently coming out for Switch, I do honestly think that that's not going to affect necessarily the next big mainline Mario Kart. Because again, people have been playing a variation of the same Mario Kart game now for almost a decade at this point. So it's about time to do a new game. And again, considering the push from the Mario movie and everything they brought up in these financials, Mario Kart just makes sense. So that's my other prediction for the Nintendo Switch 2. And uh, and then again, yeah, I, I said release date. I think it's going to be summer next year. I think it's going to be about as powerful as a PS4 Pro. I think it's going to be digitally backwards compatible with the Switch. And I think it launches with Mario Kart, a cross-gen Metroid Prime 4, and Elden Ring port. Those are my guesses. Yeah. Now, two last-minute Super Chats. We got one from KY who says, MVG has a big video on why backwards compatibility might have a technical barrier for the next Nintendo system. It's an interesting video. Check it out. I definitely will. And we got another donation from KY Han who said, you know what's funny? Nintendo made more net profit, like real profit in quarter one this year than Sony as an entirety of a corporation did in all of last year. That is absurd that Nintendo made more net profit in Q1 of this year than all of Sony last year. Wow! I did not know that. That is truly unbelievable. Good Lord! Wow, wow, wow. Again, just goes to show just how strong the Nintendo Switch is right now as a system and Nintendo IPs are in general. So, there you go. I think that covers all the Nintendo news for the day. Um, let me see. Is there anything else I want to talk about? I guess I won't really cover Genshin Impact Fontaine stuff in this because if you want to see my live reaction and my thoughts on all the Genshin Impact news, you can definitely go check out my live reaction to the uh, new version trailer that they released this morning. That's available on my YouTube channel. Look under past live streams. The only other thing I will say is this, because this is the other major thing happening in between the next time I do Touch Base with Rogers Base and I'm going to be doing it live from Japan. I am so unbelievably excited for tomorrow's episode of the One Piece anime. I have seen so many people who are not even like remotely aware of what's going on in One Piece right now getting excited for the One Piece anime solely because of the hype behind the next power-up for Luffy. I think the animation is going to be solid. The way that Shueisha and Toei and all these other companies are pushing the episode, I really do think it's going to be one of the best One Piece episodes of all time. So I highly encourage you, if you care about One Piece at all, to tune in on Saturday night to the big reveal episode of the One Piece anime that's going to be going down. Really exciting stuff. And then additionally, one last thing that I want to bring up. Evo is happening this weekend, and again, I'm not going to get a chance to talk about it on Touch Base until the next episode, which will be when I'm in Japan, and by there, that point, I'll probably have other things to talk about, because it'll be a live episode from Japan. I mean, that's awesome. We have other things to do instead of just talking about news stories. So, I want to give a couple quick predictions for what I think is going to be at Evo. One, I think we're going to get the announcement of a big new Tekken guest character. They've always traditionally released and announced guest characters for Tekken at EVO. They did this with Negan. They did this with Noctis. I think they're going to do it again for the new Tekken game. My prediction for the Tekken character, I think we're going to get Tifa. 
from Final Fantasy VII, thrown into Tekken. She would make a lot of sense. Square is obviously pushing uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is coming out early next year. And obviously, there's no Smash Brothers game to throw a guest character into this time around. So I really do feel like we're going to see Tifa in Tekken as their big guest character announcement. And again, they have a history of working with Square, considering the fact that uh, Square already put Noctis in a previous iteration of Tekken. So that's one. Second thing, I 110% believe we are getting some type of Marvel announcement during this. There's no way they have Marvel as the headliner for the final day of EVO, the biggest fighting game tournament in history, and not have something related to the Marvel versus Capcom franchise. Now, whether that is a brand new Marvel game, whether that is a remake of Marvel 2 or a re-release of Marvel 2 or something, they're absolutely positively 110 billion percent will be some type of Marvel announcement at EVO this year. No doubt about it. Again, I have no idea what that announcement will be, but I definitely think that it's happening. There's too many signs pointing to it happening, and I think uh, it'll get a lot of people really, really excited for what's to come. And the last thing that I'm predicting in terms of announcements at EVO. I do think we're going to end up seeing a little bit more of Project L during EVO. I know there was recently that little gameplay demonstration video that they released a couple weeks ago, but I think that's the perfect opportunity. Project L, obviously the big new fighting game starring the characters from the League of Legends franchise that's been worked on for a long time. That game is going to be huge when it eventually drops, right? That game is going to be downloaded millions and millions of times. It's also free to play, so I think it's going to get a lot of people into fighting games that aren't already into them, and so I feel like we're going to get something related to Project L as well. So Project L, a Marvel-type announcement, Marvel versus something announcement, and then we're also going to get a guest character in Tekken, and my guess for that guest character is going to be Tifa. Though, if I could make a really out-there-wild prediction, I could maybe see, as a game coming out early next year, for maybe Nintendo Switch, or maybe as a fun cross-release kind of game for Switch 2, I could see, considering the weird little neon lights that were flashing on that Pokemon Presents that we saw a little bit earlier that we talked about, I could maybe see Pokken 2 getting announced during the Pokemon Presents, or being teased during EVO. That at some point, maybe Pokken is teased at EVO, and then on Tuesday, we get the full reveal of Pokken Tournament 2. I think that's a game that actually would do very well. That game sold very well on both the Wii U and on the Switch. There's no reason not to make a new one. And uh, yeah, so that's my other weird out there guess is that we get something Pokemon related. The time is kind of right for it and uh, kind of makes sense for that spin-off game in between the next big major Pokemon game. So that's my guess. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. We've already been going for an hour and 16 minutes. This is a long one. This might actually be one of the longest Touch Base with Rogers Base episodes we've ever done. We went 16 minutes over our tight 60. But again, lots of stuff to go over with these Nintendo financials, and I was just excited to talk to you guys all today. So, of course, if you want to catch me live tomorrow for my live reaction to the One Piece episode... I will be live, twitch.tv slash rogersbased, and I will upload my live reaction to the YouTube channel immediately afterwards. Really excited for that. Uh, if it's not live on Twitch, then you know that I got copyright claimed or something, and I recorded it separately, but that will be here on the YouTube channel. Sunday, we got a new episode of the One Piece manga. I'll be covering that on Sunday morning, regular time, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Monday, massive giant news update video coming from me going over all the stuff you can expect from me while I'm in Japan and then finally on Tuesday we have my live reaction to the Pokemon Presents and then I am off to Japan until the 24th 
I'm going to be gone for a long time, but it'll be fun. I'll still do videos and things while I'm in Japan. It just won't be as frequent, obviously, and I won't be streaming as much. So thank you once again, everybody, for tuning in. Greatly appreciate you all being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. And uh, I guess like, comment, subscribe, and until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.